Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello everybody and welcome to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Good morning, Peter. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing well. Looking forward to talking about some video games with you today. Yeah, me too. Always do. be a good one. Yeah. Look forward to it every week. Every single week. That's right. You know, if you subscribe, you can get one of these every week. How wow. crazy is that? And it's free. Yeah. I don't mean, even have to pay. You can get it without subscribing, but you should subscribe so you know you when should. it's out. Yeah, subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Give us this. Give us a subscribe. We are well. I mean, you do. It's free, but we are. We we do have to put adverts in here, right? That's how we fund this. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, we get sponsored every week by a very real sponsor. I've got this week's sponsor written here. Are you ready? Yeah, I am. Introducing. Disco's Elysium. Right. So you may have heard of the game Disco Elysium. Yeah. Which is coming to uh, PlayStation very soon, and I'm excited to play it. I've heard amazing things. Mm -hmm. This is not that. Oh, okay. This is Disco's Elysium. Yeah. A crisp sponsored afterlife. Right. Oh, Disco's the crisp. Yeah. Yes. So stay with me. You know... The concept of the afterlife that developed over time and was maintained by some Greek religious and philosophical uh, philosophical sects and cults, Elysium. Elysium, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Yeah. Married with Disco's crisps, in their own words, the tasty perfect circles famous for their punchy, tangy flavours. They were not perfect circles, if memory serves. I don't think I really ate them hardly ever, but you know, I mean, that's no what it crisp says on is a website. perfect circle. So. That's what it says on their website, so it's got to be... It's got to be true. Okay. So you can sign up now for Disco's, that's with an apostrophe, Elysium, and yeah. enter the Crisp Afterlife how when does you're it, ready to go there. How does it work, though? Like, what... Uh, do you do you go there and there are crisps there? Do you have to eat the crisps to get there? Is it like a mm. pro- promotional thing? Like, collect your five tokens inside a bag of Disco's and you will get admission to Elysium? Are they Elysium flavored? What I need to know more. So it's like a William Wonkham's golden ticket right. sort of deal. Okay. There's a limited amount of golden perfect circles. Yeah. And they are inside select packets of Disco's crisps. 
Right. And if you win, you get to go. Now, the T's and C's are extensive and I have not read them. Okay. And I don't recommend anybody do because that's going to be days. It's a huge PDF. Mm -hmm. No one's going to read that. But I believe from skimming it that your soul belongs to the Disco's Crisps Corporation. Yeah. And the Elysium itself is a giant crisp packet in the sky. Okay. Okay, I like it. So I mean, that sounds like heaven to a lot of people, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Me included. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah sounds I'm all pretty about good, it. right? So that's real, and you can do that because the afterlife is real. And yep. it's especially sponsored by discos. Or it would be yeah. if it were real, but it's not. It's a lie. Oh, my goodness gracious uh, me. I got you. Oh. I got you. Wow. Well, yeah. You certainly did. Yeah. Went high concept with that one. Yeah. Not real, though, sadly. Mm. We are sponsored, however, by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. We have lots of tiers available. You get all sorts of goodies and rewards. But the $1 tier allows you access to our podcast post that goes up on usually a Tuesday, maybe a Monday. And uh, that's where we source questions for this podcast from. It's the only way you can get questions on here is by commenting on that post. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of questions, uh, I've got one first, and then we've got those there ones that were asked for this podcast. The first question, of course, is where are we walking, Ben? Well, we aren't sponsored by them, but we are going to be walking on a, hang on, a tasty perfect circle famous for its punchy tangy flavour. Do you think there's a high res enough photo no. of no it's just gonna be the really lower stretched. the quality the <laughs> better disco yes yeah. great that's what we want okay so there we go love it uh first question peter comes from richard major it's from richard major who says hello have you guys ever learned anything from a video game that's proved useful in real life an actual skill an actual useful fact anything i've done a few track days at the uh ring hey that's pretty good I don't know. In Germany, Nurburgring, Nurburgring, in Germany, and can honestly say driving the track on Forza beforehand helped me. Not just learning which way the track goes, but also with the basic, uh, the basic race craft. Wow! Ooh. Goodness, kindest, uh, kindest regards, Richard XOXO, which he's written phonetically there. Thank you, Richard. Look at Richard going sideways round German racetracks. Yeah, Nurburgring. It's not the Nuremberg ring, is it? I don't know. No, of course it's not. It's the Nuremberg ring. Nuremberg ring. Yes. Um, That's how you say it. I mean, I must say, I wrote some little notums here of things that I've developed an understanding of, Hmm. um, but having reread the question or read it out loud, I've now realized Richard Major did specify a useful skill in real life, and I don't know if I've ever really... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, actually use these in real life. However, I have a very, very, very basic understanding of like simple binary like electrical engineering from Minecraft Redstone. Ooh. Um okay. I've never used it in any way, shape or form. I also I learned a bit of programming when I was younger at school with I mean, it wasn't exactly a triple A title. It was some, you know, kind of edutainment game but it's like it 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 teaches you how to do 
if then and you know like just conditional stuff so that you can make like traffic lights go on and off and the cars mm, drive okay. around things like that um which was actually useful for me because i did a year of computer science um after my degree and going into you know the first week or so i was like oh yeah i already i've got i've got this already in my head i remember these basics um However, the one that I go to the most, particularly like we had it in the intro of um, Prove It back in the Vidiots days, I learned some uh, Spanish words purely from Resident Evil 4. <laughs> yeah. I've never had a Spanish lesson in my life, uh, but I picked up a few bits and bobs from that game. Unfortunately, most of them are really profane or violent. So. Right. Uh, Give us some. Okay. Uh, I mean, some of them aren't, but some of them, are, they're either profane, violent, or really niche, and I would never, ever need them. So, for example, I believe Del Lago means from the lake or of the lake. Okay. Uh, Los Ganados, of course, means the cattle. That's what you refer to the uh, the villagers as. Right. Um, oh, here's a word that actually could possibly be useful. Aquí means here, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Las Plagas is... The parasite, you know, probably That's not going to be useful. Uh, I think Pueblo is village. So that, again, could be somewhat useful if I'm ever stuck in the middle of nowhere in Spain. I know that one from um, Raymond Mysterio. Right. I think Pueblo might need might mean home or something similar because he says, Buyaka, Buyaka, that's my Pueblo. Oh, uh, Okay. Okay. So I don't... 619, that's my Pueblo right mm-hmm. there. I don't... It might be village. That's well, my big village. That's the thing. I could be mistranslating all of these and thinking that I'm I'm right, but... Um, but you've got the context. I've got the... Con- well, um, and also, I remember looking up uh, on, like, the wiki or whatever. I was curious what they were saying. So I looked it up a long time ago, and I just sort of vaguely remember some of it. Um, so of course, some of these might be... They might have multiple meanings. Like maybe Pueblo mm. is also home. As well as village, I don't know. Uh, El Gigante, the giant. Oh, useful. That's a good one. Uh, man, what else is there? Bocadillo. Uh, sorry? Bocadillo. Bocadillo, what's that? I think that's sandwich. They Ooh. probably say that a lot, don't they? Delicious, yeah. In Resi 4. You could say, I have a parasite in my sandwich. Or yes. can, I, can I have your finest cattle sandwich, please? You might just about get away with. A at nice home, beef in my village. At home, yeah. Um, I, I know a I know a bad word, which is yeah. I mean, if you've got any Spanish children listening, please cover their ears. Cabron. Whoa. Forgive my accent. I've, as I say, I've never had a lesson. I think cabron. that's sort of yeah, cabron. I think that's. I think that's bastard or something Ooh, like that. I'm not. You I'm can't not sure. say that. And then uh, there's one or two phrases that are like very long and because they're so long and specific i will never ever need them so i believe oh what do they say to to voy to voy picadillo or something like that means yeah. i'm going to turn you into mincemeat whoa you got the inflection down though yeah yeah i think so dio um, dio it's one of those llo it's like paella you know right. pa- paella <laughs> yeah paella um so all all kinds of things um in fact i'm i'm gonna pull up the page while you give me your answer and see what other things i could have learned if i'd remembered them 
All right. We've actually got a list about this in the works currently. It's with a video editor. Right. Things we learned from video games. So mm-hmm. that will go out on the channel at some point. Um, I It's not exactly useful, but I know far more about guns than I wish I did. Yeah. In fact, everything I know about guns has come from video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's kind of disturbing how much you pick up yeah. in these games about, about firearms. But there we are. Um, the polar opposite of Richard's story about getting better at driving. Uh, I was in a car crash, not a serious one. Everyone was fine. Uh, when I was a teenager. God. And the experience playing the likes of GTA and Gran Turismo, like I could see the crash coming. Yeah. There was a stationary car and we went into it. And for some reason, like as I was bracing for it to happen, I, I, I sort of weirdly mentally knew what to expect from like even back then the fairly comprehensive physics engines these games had. Yeah. It was really str- it was really surreal and strange. And again, everyone was fine. Um, but like going into the back of that car, I in my head I already knew exactly how our car would react mm-hmm. and like move in in relation to crashing. And to add an extra layer of video game authenticity to it, I had my PSP with me at the time. <laughs> And the PSP was fairly new at that point. I didn't have a carry case, so I was still using it in it, like taking it to places in its box that it came with originally. And it flew off the seat next to me through the middle, uh, through the the middle of the the two front seats and wedged itself down between where the windscreen meets the dashboard. Yeah. And just flew forwards at at the the point of impact. And I had to like put, put, like yank it out. (laughs) <laughs> and it became sort of a weird triangle shape. And I've still got that box. So there we go. It all wow. came full circle. Well, so that that video game, instead of a video game, an actual video game console taught you a lesson, a handheld, it I, did. I should say. Physics. Taught, physics. Wear your seatbelt, otherwise your head will be a triangle shape. That instead. that could have been me. Yeah. Wedging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got one. I mean, I'm, I'm looking... I probably did the best one there, the mincemeat one. I'm glad I remembered that because oh, there's I'm going to break you to pieces, which is os voy a romper a pedazos. Nice. Um, so I mean, yeah, just if I ever get into a fight in Spain over yeah. my uh, my cattle sandwich, then I'm sorted. Yeah. Or go on holiday. Yeah, you got all the phrases you need. There's a rumor that there's a foreigner amongst us. It says here. So if anyone's <laughs> you saying, should, when you're on holiday, you should say that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you're surrounded up, by him. Put your arms around some of the locals and say that. Yeah, there's a rumor that there's a foreigner here with my terrible Spanish accent. <laughs> They'll never find out it's you. They won't know it's me. Never work yeah. it out. Well, okay. it's time to move on, Peter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To talk about what we mm. play in. Oh. It's what we play in time. Peter, what have you been playing this week? Uh, well, I've been playing a few things. Well, I've, been, I've, been, I've played a couple of things, and I will have played an extra thing at time of release from this mm. podcast, but I haven't done yet. So, um, firstly, I played some more Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time uh, at the start of the week. Just been enjoying getting back into that game now that I've had a little break from it. As I said in the previous podcast, It's um, it, I've not really played it since its initial the initial flurry of activity around it. And then uh, they did uh, an upgrade for PS5. So uh, I've just been enjoying... Uh, I mean, it's it's not a hugely different experience, especially since I don't have a 4K TV. And, um, it, you know, it, it it's still largely the same. But the loading times are definitely better. 
Um, the adaptive controller is a lot of fun. Definitely adds an extra dimension. Um, and just, but it's just as I say, it was nice to just have a break and then go back to it because I left a lot of stuff untouched in that game. In fact, I hadn't even tried to do any time trials at all in that uh, when I put it down initially. So I've been doing some of those. Been doing some of the um, the the. The, I can't remember what it's called now. The the crazy the, the inverted mode levels. Okay. Um, so that's all been a lot of fun. Um, since then, though, uh, or I should say, since Monday, uh, on Monday we on on my stream, I completed Haven Call of the King in that I got to the ending where mm. it's all very disappointing and he just gets chained up and left to die, and then the credits roll. And um, I realized it would be nice to maybe try and show the secret ending that's available, which really doesn't answer any questions at all. But it would be nice to show that maybe on my next stream. But in order to do that, you have to do a whole load of endgame stuff. Uh... You have to, like, circumnavigate entire planets in this very technically impressive thing for the PS2 era. It's like No Man's Sky. You can actually just fly down in atmosphere seamlessly. Um, And I'm not going to be able to do all that in two hours so what i've been doing now in my downtime off camera is setting up several save states so that i'll be able to show off little bits and bobs of that final few hours on my stream but without having to actually do it all in one go so i'm going to complete it all in one go uh, so it's ready so that i can show the ending at the end of the stream Uh, and then also set up a few save states periodically so people can enjoy like the some of the little challenges you have to do so there's like um bits where you get inside like a hamster ball and you have to roll down these courses where the track is like crumbling away and stuff and you you can fall off the edge if you're not careful Uh, the kind of stuff that everyone makes in dreams you know like the (laughs) yeah the rolling ball games so there's some of those there's like a glider challenge um so there's there's a lot to do so i've been doing bits of that um the first thing i had to do actually was like perfect a bunch of other stuff to even be allowed to start making my way into that that end game stuff so i had to like win a boat race which was really really hard um so yeah playing playing some non-streamed haven this week nice uh and we are recording this on a thursday uh, on a yes a thursday um by the time this um podcast goes out i will probably have started playing um, an Evercade that has been very kindly sent to us. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is exciting. There's a whole load of uh, cartridge. I guess I've not even opened the, the, the cases yet. Is it? I guess it's cartridge-based inside or something. It uh, is, yeah. Let me just um, let me just pull up the every handheld ranked from worst to best. Because, because it was that's on that. Sort of, yeah, that's why. It's partly why we uh, were so kindly offered a free one. They just got in touch and said, hey, we... Thanks for putting this so high in your list. I think they were... Number 10. Yeah, I was going to say top 10, I think they were in. So um, uh, they were they were very pleased to make it so high in our handheld ranked out of every handheld ever. It's, top 10 is not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, if if you'd like one, we'd love to send you one. And you can just see see what you think. Maybe, uh, maybe just chat about it with your audience. So that's what we're going to do. Um, yeah. Not played it yet, but uh, I'm just, it's just down here, actually. Uh, nice. I believe they were going to send all the games as well that are available. They have done. So, yeah, they're still in their cellophane. So I don't even know exactly what to expect, whether it's cartridges or 
Um, I guess it must be. But um, yes, yeah, yeah, to be counted on the handheld list, I think you needed you needed cartridges. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've got Atari Lynx Collection One and Two, the Oliver Twins Collection. You know, Charles Dickens's Oliver Twins. Yes, yeah. And uh, oh, there's all sorts. There's loads. So I'm looking forward to giving that a go. Um, but I haven't yet, so stay tuned. We'll talk about it next week, definitely on the podcast and probably in its own dedicated video as well. Yeah, 100%. Uh, what have you been playing Ben Potter? Well, I've played a little bit more Minecraft with friends, which has been very nice. Yeah. Uh, Persona 5 Strikers, I've been forging ahead with that. I think I'm near the end of the game now, and I've been doing pretty much everything quite exhaustively as I've gone. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to speak too soon, but I feel like the platinum may be achievable. Okay. So I may end up going for that, but I'm I'm nearly finished with it now. I did finish and platinum. We were here, which yes. is a very very easy platinum. But that game is fantastic fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. Basically, an escape room game that yeah. you play with one other person uh, over the internet, and you can't see each other's screens, and you're just in different locations and one of you has to guide the other through puzzles without actually seeing them Mm -hmm. Uh, really good fun really novel idea there's a few of them and i think i'm going to move on to another one soon Uh, but that's great Uh, persona 4 golden i'm also nearly done with that i am going to go for the platinum in that game i have a like and it's been i i checked i think july 2013 was the first trophy i got in persona 4 golden so this platinum is nearly nearly a decade in the making. Yeah. Uh but it's it's one of my favorite ever games, so it I think it's a worthy addition and I will continue to plug away at that at night uh before I go to sleep. It's my it's my bedtime game. Mhm. And uh after I played some WWE 2K19 on stream last week and created Barbara for oh, yes. a future my career mode run after we finish up with spider-man on my friday streams Mm -hmm. i've in my spare time been going in and grinding to unlock in-game loot packs in the hope that i unlock the entrance i would like her to have because as i discussed on the stream even though 2k20 is considered the worst game by quite a wide margin 2k19 does so much wrong so yeah. much to an extent that 2K20 actually improved on it in some aspects. One area, for example, being the entrances, which for the first time in any game, in 2K20 as well, a lot of the customization options were locked in in-game loot packs, which is terrible. Mm. Uh, or you could just buy them straight up with a, with a different in-game currency. Right. Um, in 2K19, the entrances are also locked. So you can't have... There are very few uh, sort of... There's very few music choices. There's very few animations. You can't just like select another wrestler's entrance like you usually can. Uh. You have to unlock it randomly. And then you also have to select a victory celebration as well, which is also something that you have to unlock. So, for example, if you have Brock Lesnar's entrance that you've managed to unlock in a random pack, you don't then automatically get Brock Lesnar's victory celebration. So you will have to mix and match your right. intro and celebration like with different music and everything. It's oh, so God. stupid and limiting and terrible. And I hope when it comes back, they do away with the loot packs entirely. But it's 2K, so it'll probably be worse. Who knows? 
Man, that's that's really weird. It's terrible. It just massively limits creativity and what you can do with a custom character. And I don't know why they would do it apart from to test the waters to start charging for these loot packs, which is probably what they're going to do. So yeah, just grinding away, earning in-game currency to buy loot packs in the hope I get the stuff I want. You would think that it would at least let you like separately like select your entrance and exit music. Mm-hmm. Select your entrance music, which will play irrespective of which actual yeah. animation you choose. So then at least if you are mixing and matching, you know, if you've still got the the right what is it? The uh the what's the th- the the video on the screen? What's that mm. called? It's called the Titan Tron. The, the Tron, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you at least if you've got that playing consistently, then you know the animation isn't so bad. You might want to mix and match. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's really silly. It's um, it's dumb. The music changes. Usually, Barbara has Triple H's theme, and then she has sometimes Triple H's entrance, but sometimes a different entrance. But yeah, right. it was particularly stupid when I unlocked Brock Lesnar's entrance, and I thought at the very least I've got the music, so I can apply that for the outro. No. No, mm-hmm. you have to get that one again yeah. randomly. And it's it's so, so stupid. So there we are. Hopefully the streams will be worth it. Yeah. We shall see. Let's move on to another question. Let's. Yeah, this is from Brian. Uh, no, no, it's nope. not. It's from Ernie Arrowsmith. Ernie it's, Arrowsmith. We'll Brian's get to Brian. Later. We'll yeah. get to you, Brian. Ernie says, Hi, guys. It's recently been announced that Niantic are working on a Pokemon Go-style game, but with a Pikmin theme. Mm. Pokemon Go has been massively successful, but other attempts at similar games have been met with lukewarm receptions. Do you think there are any other video game IPs that would translate well to an augmented reality-style game? And are there any IPs that could reach the same level of success that Pokemon Go has? I realise that these two questions might have completely different answers. Hope you are both doing well. Resident Lord of the Rings character, Elvern Arrowsmith. Elvern Arrowsmith, there he is. He will he'll jump into a barrel and save the dwarves. Yes. That's what he does. That's what happened in the Lord of the Lord of the Wrongs. In the Lord of the Wrongs, yeah. Um I think yeah, I would agree that I think those two questions have different answers in that I don't know if there will ever be a game that has such a crazy amount of success as Pokemon Go in terms of AR games. Um, you know, I'd like to think that there will be, but it was it was just a sensation, wasn't it, at the time? Mm-hmm. And I think part of that was because it was... It, I mean, it wasn't the first augmented reality game in the world, but it was, um, it, it was new and fresh and interesting. Yeah. And now, even if um, a great franchise, you know, one that could rival Pokemon brings out their own kind of game uh people will be interested hopefully and uh give these things a go but because they've played augmented reality games before and uh you know it might even implement things like driving around your neighborhood and trying to find certain things and you know all the stuff that pokemon go did so well and that it was so interesting and unique um there won't be as much i guess the novelty won't won't be there as much um so i think in terms of success it will be hard to beat pokemon go however um interestingly this is also a list that we i don't know is it out yet your list about ar games we'd like to see yes yes it, it is. has it is out there yeah so it's another list with, that we've done uh but um i tried to think of ones that weren't in that list and one that I came up with that I think could maybe work, and I don't think it was in that video. I did watch that. 
this might be really weird, might even be a bit haunting, but you could do like a Sims augmented reality game where they just wander around your house like oh my God. living in your house, but you just can't see them unless you hold your phone up. Um, that sounds nightmarish. It does. And like your phone hopefully is able to recognize the function of like, you know, a, a sofa and a maybe it can even like project a fake thing onto your TV screen that they're watching and they could like go around your kitchen. But then maybe on top of that, you could also add your own furniture and things like in the sims like you could have a buy mode and mm. replace your sofa or get like a really cool i don't know just add a add a bathtub to your house if you've only got a shower or right. uh, you know so it could be interesting it might be quite limiting if you live in a very small apartment somewhere like i did for a very long time until recently like i don't think sims would be very interesting in my sort of two two room but kind of just one room with a sliding door flat where we used to film main menu yeah um but uh i don't know it could be interesting i think it could work it's de- it's very different to the pokemon go style thing though you wouldn't go around catching em all um mm-hmm. it would be a, a different game entirely but um uh yeah i thought there's something there maybe i don't know uh it, the reason i got to that one was because you mentioned in that that list which i think is a really good idea a kind of um a haunted house sort of thing. I mean, I would hate to play it. It would terrify me. But like you hold your phone up around your house and you like take pictures of ghosts and stuff yeah. uh, that are actually like haunting your own your own building. So I kind of thought that, but nicer with Sims. But nicer. I still think it would be just as haunting, but in a, yeah, different, probably would in be. a different way. Just walking into your bedroom and seeing two Sims woohooing in your own bed. Yes, so. <laughs> absolutely. As you As you casually slide in next to them. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that would be really strange if you just lay down. Oh, no. I don't want to be prevented from using my own bathroom because a sim is there all blurry. Yeah. Having a shower, you know? <laughs> just pixels up in your face. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very strange, but I think it could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, what did you... What have you brought? So... Party? Yeah, there there is a list out now, <clears throat> excuse me, that was uh, written by Shana. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good. Go Go and watch it. Uh, but no, I don't think there'll ever be a game, an AR game that reaches the heights of, of Pokemon Go, because as you said, it was a novel idea at the time yeah. and it was before the realities diverged and we went in, we went down the bad timeline in yes. 2016, just, you know, that summer, just before we went down the bad timeline. And it also just, it's one of the few IPs, Pokemon this is, that has the brand not only the brand recognition to to get that kind of AR idea off the ground uh but it's also that the the whole premise of Pokemon in that you catch monsters just inherently works in an yeah. AR setting and it seems most other concepts that have come since or even before have just fallen flat for for those two reasons they didn't have the brand recognition and the mechanics just didn't really make much sense or were particularly interesting or they had to force in their own... So, yeah, they either don't have a kind of go-round catching style or they've had to force one in. Like, I think there's a Harry Potter one where you find yeah. magical creatures. and It's a fantastic that's not really what, thing, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? But, you know, that's that's not really what you associate immediately with Harry Potter, so it doesn't work mm-hmm. quite as seamlessly. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's that kind of thing. That's the only... That's the only way I ever see there being a game getting an AR game on your phone getting remotely as big 
as mm. Pokemon Go is, regardless of the quality of the gameplay. And famously, Pokemon Go was pretty broken for a while. Yeah, it at was. The start. Yeah. Um, but something like, and again, I don't know how these games would work, but I was going to say Harry Potter, but there is one already for Fantastic mm. Beasts. Star Wars, Marvel, you're going to yeah. need something that's hugely recognizable to stand any chance of any success here. Yeah. Uh, because Pokemon Go is free, but I feel like maybe some of these other ones, if they did release like a Marvel AR game, it would probably have microtransactions yeah, and other yeah. crap in it. So it would have to follow the same model. It would probably even have to be made by Niantic. And if they're making a Pikmin game, that's not going to do well. Pikmin is nowhere near as recognizable as Pokemon, nowhere no. near as popular. It's good that it's being made by the same people. They know how to do it. But yeah, I just think the only way you're going to get any games remotely close to that success is by just having a massive franchise behind it somehow. Yeah, I agree. That's yeah. it. That's what it comes down to. That's it. Well, um, it's time. Oh, let me let me reach. I never prepped myself. Crinkle. I hear you. Crinkle. Hey. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit yeah. odd that you don't have your paper so close. Well, it's because it's uh, I I have a, a cushion on my desk when I record because my oh. microphone sits on top of a cushion. Oh, Otherwise, wow. my computer reverberates up through my desk uh, through the legs oh, of my microphone because um, it's just sitting on my. I don't have like an arm or anything, mm-hmm. so. Uh, I've got a giant cushion, and then behind that is my keyboard shoved to the back of the desk, and then behind that is my paper. So right, you've got to do a bit difficult. of reaching. Yeah, a bit but strange that you have is, such a workaround there. That's right, it is. It's a bit weird, even peculiar. Yeah. It's not a weird news. Oh. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Weird news time, Peter. Weird me. I'll weird you right now. Uh, In fact, I should say who sent this to me. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was from 
Pete's tweets on Twitter. Thank you, Pete's tweets. Pete's tweets. For sending this story to me. Is that not just you? Yeah, I sent it to myself, um, but I didn't want anyone to know I'd sent it to myself. So because that's really sad and and depressing. Um, so I made up a pseudonym. It's Pete's tweets. Okay. Here we go. According to GameBite.com, uh, written by Richard Breslin, children are applying for a job as a professional Minecraft landscaper. Okay. 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 Uh, little subtitle. It's pretty well paid. Oh. Mark. Children as young as 10 are applying for a job as a professional landscaper in Minecraft, <laughs> says Richard in the first line of the article, rewording the headline by one word. Uh the position of virtual landscape gardener in Minecraft is advertised by Watshed. The company is a UK-based retailer that specialises in everything related to gardening. So I guess to keep up with the times, Watshed is looking for a virtual landscape gardener in Minecraft that can offer clients creative feedback and advice in creating the perfect in-game garden. Which alone is a weird thing. Never mind kids applying for it. It's weird that a garden supplier or service provider mm-hmm. is now diversifying into Minecraft gardens rather than real ones. Um, uh, any would-be employees must have a knowledge of Minecraft, have strong communication skills, a creative flair, be confident in remote working, and experience in landscape gardening is preferable but not essential. If you are successful in landing the position of the Minecraft landscape gardener, you can earn anything from £50 per hour and you can even negotiate your own rates. Now, I'm guessing that's sort of contracted work. It's not like eight hours a day. Um, As you can imagine, a lot of applicants who have inquired about the role are under the legal UK working age of 13. That hasn't stopped them from putting in their best efforts to get their dream job, though. And then brilliantly... There are some extracts here from applications. So, okay. I have been playing Minecraft almost every day since I was seven. I am 10 now, said applicant <laughs> Emma. That's oh. that's over 900. That's over a thousand days of experience. It is almost every day. Wow. Good luck, Emma. Um, a 14 year old even asked if they could get the job if they don't own a game console. Hello, can I participate if I do not have a game console and I am 14 years old? Asked Marat. Uh, Probably not. I don't know. Um, I'm 12. Is that okay? Dot, dot, dot. Like I can work on weekdays slash six to seven on weekdays. (laughs) I know he did say weekends. Yeah, I can work on weekends or six till seven on weekdays. I really hope that he means between six and seven in the evening for one hour yes um, i had assumed that's what he meant yeah because he's at school he's after school otherwise. he's got homework and stuff yeah he's got to start his homework at seven but he finishes his tea at six so mm. uh, that's from nick knowing that experience in real landscape gardening is preferable 15 year old juan let watshed know that his dad owns a landscape gardening business now this kid's going places yeah. he says my father owns his own landscape landscaping business so i'm around gardening and landscaping a lot i also have plenty of free time since i'm such a young age kids will not feel creeped out as much as they would with a 30 to 40 year old as you can see i have all the skill sets and requirements for this job shoot me an email right juan's dad wrote that yeah hands down there is no way how old is he 15 there's no way a 15 year old wrote that no absolutely Uh, no chance in hell 
he might have asked his dad to add in a sentence. Kids won't Shoot feel creeped me an out. Email. As much. Yes, fifteen-year-olds yeah. are famous for for shooting emails to one another. Shoot me an email. Hey, hit me up on Slack. Um, yeah, CC me in. Add me uh, on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, so there's your entertaining read for the week. Are you tempted to apply for this job as Minecraft landscaper? Personally, I'll keep this information away from my ten-year-old son for the time being. But I suppose he could be the highest earner in our house. Wow. Oh. We need to start applying for these things that we hear about. The Pringles competition, yeah, the Minecraft landscape, but just to get the rejection email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Hi, my name is Juan, and I would <laughs> like to invite you to join my professional network. My dad I is am a landscape 50. gardener. Yeah. And you won't be creeped out by 35-year-olds. <laughs> Creepy 35-year-olds. Yeah. Ugh, we could disgusting. definitely apply and just say, hey, we've built big walruses yeah we built a castle we've not really done much garden landscaping but no we, we built blew a moat. Up something yeah once. yeah we do have we've got water features that's what they always had on gardeners how not gardeners we, world how can we yes i know that's ground force how can we ground spin force, that's the one, yeah. how can we spin the massive explosion uh experts expertly implemented a system through which um massive amounts of uh, garden waste was removed yeah. at a uh, ahead of schedule. Created a rockery in six seconds. Yes. Yes. Creative problem solving for mass earth removal. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. And my dad owns a gardening business. Yeah. And wow. I'm 15 and what is this? I hope Juan gets it. I do too. Yeah. God. Best of luck to them all. Good luck, Juan. Do you have some weird news, Ben? I do. This is from videogameschronicle.com, written oh. by Chris Scullion. The headline reads, Japanese CEO gives staff the day off to play Monster Hunter Rise. Oh, wow. March the 26th is Monhun Day for workers at tech company Marcon. The CEO of a Japanese tech company says he will give its employees the day off this Friday so they can play Capcom's Monster Hunter Rise. Misaki Hiyama, who runs VR development company Markon, posted a tweet stating that since many Japanese workers take a day off when a new Monster Hunter game is released, he was declaring March the 26th Monhun Day so they could all stay at home to play. As reported by Huffington Post Japan, Hiyama sent all employees a vacation notice letter stating March the 26th will be the release date of Monster Hunter Rise and since it is expected that we will not be able to concentrate on our work, I will be making that day a Monhun vacation. Wow. Hiyama explained to the Huffington Post there were several employees who said that they wanted to take the day off on the 26th because they wanted to play Mon Hun immediately. So we took the plunge and did this. We received words of thanks and appreciation from employees for giving them this day off. Um, so Hiyama also pointed out that the holiday was for employees apart from executives. Blah, blah, blah tells me a bit about Monster Hunter Rise. So, yeah. I don't know if you've heard about, <clears throat> excuse me, this phenomena. I saw the, the trailer for it the other day, but I I didn't necessarily know that it was taking Japan by storm. Well, there's a pattern in Japan, and I've heard about this before. I can't remember if it has a specific name, but whenever there's... And I think it's Monster Hunter. Maybe it's Dragon Quest. It's one of the big Japanese franchises. Yeah. Whenever a new one would come out, there would be a noticeable... <clears throat> oh, I'm losing my voice. You are. There would be a noticeable rise in sick days on right. that day. Like so many people across Japan would call in sick to play this game. And I think it might have been Monster Hunter. So this is a clever way of circumventing that. 
It is. Um, did you say what kind of company this is that he's... It's a that... VR development company. Uh, okay, well, that kind of makes sense because I thought, like, you wouldn't... It would have to be a company with a certain demographic within its employees to make this worthwhile because mm-hmm. I can't imagine that, you know, if you run, like... Well, I don't even know. If you run a catering business and you've yes. got a bunch of maybe 40-year-old men and women who just just do catering, mm-hmm. they're probably not the kind of people who are so into Monster Hunter that it would like adversely affect your business for a day with everyone being off sick. So, But it makes sense if it's a VR development company. They're probably all fairly gamey, yeah. as it were. They'd probably lose most of their staff that day anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So good call. Wow. Yeah, that's excellent. I like that. Maybe we could do that whenever a big game comes out. See, I was thinking about this. I can't remember the last time a big game came out that I was so excited for that I wanted to book the day off and just play it all day. I think you did it last year for something, didn't you? Was it Final Fantasy? It or... might it, it might have been because that arrived oh. early. Was it Oh, the... your PS5 it was. Yes, I booked the day off for my PS5 and Demon Souls. That mm. that's true. That's true. That yeah. was the last time I did that, so it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Uh, but before that, I'm just trying to think. Like, maybe I was very excited for Borderlands Three, but I went away the weekend it came out, so I couldn't play it yeah, until right. Sunday. Um, but I do remember, you know, like d- honestly, it's Skyrim was the one for me. Yeah. Where I just didn't move from my hovel for like three days when I was at mm-hmm. university, and I just stayed in and played Skyrim. Um, that was amazing. I don't think I got it on release day. I think I just sort of bought it within the first week or so. So although I was still kind of desperate to play it, I I guess I just thought I can't I can't do it. Like I've got work to do. Uh, <laughs> I, I knew that if I bought it, I would not do work. So I was in the yeah. same position. I had to rush to finish a uh, an assignment early mm. so that I could justify it. So all that week all I was thinking about was Skyrim. Yeah. And I was just desperately writing two and a half thousand words about some nonsense to do with audio technology <laughs> yeah and uh and now yeah. you hate skyrim now i hate skyrim <laughs> and i never want to work in radio so it all worked out it <laughs> yeah. all worked out really well yeah yeah absolutely wow yeah i can't i can't remember the last time i did it. I, I have done it in the past but i can't remember when yeah. it was and uh i don't know when the next one will be i mean there's a few games this year that i'm really looking forward to but mm-hmm. i don't think there's any that i will have to like feel like I, I need to take a, a holiday yeah um, if any of them indeed actually release this well year. that's the other thing as well isn't it but yeah yeah there you go um should we do a question now ben yes i think we should do a question now peter it's brian's time to shine here hi, he is it's, hi brian hi brian it's brian i mean i don't know if i've ever worked this one out is it cahill or possibly it's a bit more sort of car hill hmm. uh, it's, it's probably cahill i'm thinking cahill yeah um Chat in any case Chahill, it's Brian, whatever, you, whatever, doesn't matter. Brian, hey guys, was there any game that was the last straw for you in a series that you once previously loved? Maybe the gameplay was too similar to the previous titles or at the opposite end of the spectrum, too far removed from what you got uh, from what got you into the series in the first place. All the best. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Um, I couldn't think specifically of one that was like the last straw in the sense that I'd been enjoying a series. It was maybe on the down, on a, on a downward turn. And then, and then I was done with it. It was more like, I can think of a few where 
I've enjoyed every entry, and then suddenly a terrible one has come out, and I've been like, right, now I'm kind of done with it. Yeah. Um, so the the one that immediately came to mind, actually, was uh, Orcs Must Die, which is a game mm. I've talked about occasionally. Uh, not yet played it on stream, but I'd like to at some point. I just don't really want to have to sit and just hammer my left mouse button for two hours straight over my microphone. So uh, I'll have to see if it's controller compatible. It probably is. Mm. But um, it's a tower defense game. Uh, but also it's third person. So instead of being over the top uh, with, with an overhead view, sorry, um, placing towers and then just sort of watching things go, you run around on the ground as uh, a, either a man or woman, depending on which game you play and who you choose. And you build little traps in corridors and hallways and things. And then when the waves start, you're also you're still there in third person with weapons. So you're also kind of shooting your enemies as much as letting the traps go off. Um, so it's a lot of fun. It's very kind of... Uh, it's quite stylized. Um, and it's got a kind of charm to it with the, with the visual design. And the music's great and the traps are fun. It's very satisfying. It's a very dopamine-y kind of game. Uh, but unfortunately, after Orcs Must Die 1 and 2, which I loved and played to death, Orcs Must Die Unchained came out, um, which is a essentially a MOBA. Um, so it's, again, they've gone with the, instead of over the uh, overhead view, like a lot of MOBAs are, you're down in third person playing as your hero. Um, but yeah, you, you're just like looking after little little mobs as they're trying to like attack the enemy base and you're fighting other heroes it's like a multiplayer thing there's all there's like lanes that you have to choose like up down or middle and it's just like one of my least favorite gaming genres of all time the Mm -hmm. MOBA um which was such a shame because I loved that game so much there is now Orcs Must Die 3 it's a Stadia exclusive they say it will eventually make its way to Steam um, but they still haven't given a date on that, and it's been out for a long time, so I don't know when that's going to be. But uh, I'm looking forward to playing that when it's eventually playable for me. Um, but yeah, that was the one that sprung to mind. Other than that, I used to like enjoy Duke Nukem back in the 90s when it was okay, uh, and then Duke Nukem Forever came out, and not only was that game just bad anyway, but also it had been a long time since the last Duke Nukem game, and then you sit and like just watch and listen to the kind of things that he says and does and you're like wow this guy i used to think this guy was cool what is what's going on (laughs) sounds Uh, like he's a massive loser yeah he's still got a cool voice like johnson john you know i've got a lot of time for him but i i don't want i don't want to don't want to play as jute newcomb anymore Mm -hmm. um and also yeah infamously not a good game even just from a technical perspective so uh, those were those were some big ones for me. Yeah, uh, I've got one notable example that I could think of because I've had a lot of experiences with games where it has been uh, very far removed from what got me into the series in the first place, as Brian puts it. But I'm still going to stick with it. For example, Borderlands Three, not as good as Borderlands Two, and right? engagement wise I'd argue it's not even as good as Borderlands the pre-sequel I still love it and I still play through the whole thing but when I went back and tried to play it a few weeks ago uh, on the PS5 version I just I couldn't I couldn't get very far before I was just 
I'm bored and I couldn't I couldn't play any more of it. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be a, a prevailing feeling among Borderlands fans uh, is that there's just they just went about it so differently this time. Like gameplay wise, it's fine. It's it's like it's what you want, but story wise and sort of mechanics wise, if that makes sense, sort of the live service elements, it's not what people really want from Borderlands. And I hope that you know that that ultimately changes. But I'm not swearing off it. I'm not swearing off Borderlands because of that. Likewise, right. Wolfenstein Youngblood was terrible. Um, doesn't mean I'm done playing Wolfenstein games because I appreciate that that was a spin-off mm-hmm. and not quite up to up to snuff. For me, Far Cry Four was a game that once I finished it and I did platinum it and I played through the whole thing, it was just a not as good Far Cry Three in my opinion. Yeah. And at that point. I was really starting to sort of peek through the curtains at how Ubisoft was making their games, especially mm. the more open worldy ones. I was recognizing a lot of patterns and it was about that time that I I sacked it off with Assassin's Creed as well. Even though the one that caused me to sack off Assassin's Creed was a lot of people's favorite one, that being Black Flag. But for me, when I played Black Flag and I didn't get very far into it, as soon as I you know I found out and experienced firsthand that you could you could set sail on the open seas and go where you want. To a lot of people that sounds amazing. To me, when coupled with the Assassin's Creed gameplay loop, it was just quite overwhelming and exhausting. Like I didn't want that. That was too much. It was already too much game. And now I had to slowly go from one place to another and discover things like I I wanted to do everything and I was used to doing everything in Assassin's Creed games. And as soon as yeah. they opened it up that much, I just I felt like it was too much, and I didn't want to didn't want to play it anymore. So, Far Cry Four was uh, was certainly one where I just at that point I just thought this the next Far Cry is going to be like this, mm-hmm. and the next Far Cry is going to be like this as well. And Assassin's Creed, it was the writing was on the wall for me in that if they keep making them this big, I'm not going to want to play them, and. I'm yeah. glad I came back for Valhalla. I am, but that it was at that point that I would that I just swore off it. I was like, I don't want to do. I don't want to do this anymore. It's too much. That's the thing. You can you can come back to to these things if you want to. It's you know. I mean, my first answer thinking about it, I've not sworn off the series. It was just one game. You know, Orcs Must Die Unchained. I had no interest in whatsoever. But mm-hmm. I'm still going to play the the third one when I can. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's different. And actually, when you were talking about Borderlands. Uh, I don't know why that reminded me, but uh, Tekken is a huge one for me, actually. Like, I've been a a massive Tekken fan since I had my PS1. I had Tekken 1 on PS1 and played it all the way up through the PS2. Uh, And then on 360, I played Tekken 6. And I remember really disliking that game, being really disappointed. And I can't actually remember specifically what it was. There was something about the arcade mode. I don't know if it was the you couldn't unlock characters. Maybe they're all already unlocked, so there was no reward. That might not be the case. I'm sure people correct me in the comments if I'm wrong. Um, or maybe it was really short, or you got kind of really... You didn't unlock, like... They didn't have ending cutscenes. They maybe just had a little slideshow or something. There was something about it where I was like, oh, what the hell is this? Um, or at least that's my memory of it. Um, in any case, there was something about that game I didn't like, and I seemed to have scrubbed it from my memory entirely and I can't even tell you exactly what it was but uh yeah and I kind of I almost I didn't swear off the series in that I was like right that's it 
but it kind of made me less excited for future ones. So I did end up playing Tekken 7 and I enjoyed it, but I've not gone back to it since it was first released. I kind of covered it on, I guess it was the What Culture days, um, and I did like the review for it there and I, I had some fun, mm-hmm. but uh, I've, I've not been back to it at all. And uh, so, yeah, that's it's a shame that 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 happened because uh, it really turned me off or it 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 just killed some of the excitement that I had for future entries. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it happens. Unfortunately, it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. But you can always come back when they release Tekken 10 and they get it all right. Absolutely. Well, that's I think that's the problem with like future entries is now I'm thinking like, I don't know who some of these characters are because I didn't play enough of Tekken 6 to learn about the new characters. And then, yeah, so then you kind of fall behind on like who the hell everyone is. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I did. I used to like that about Tekken, like they all had relationships with each other and they had history and stuff. And I kind of knew most of it throughout the series. And then, yeah, I I fell off, fell off the wagon. that's That's what YouTube is for. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I could, I could definitely catch up if I wanted to. So maybe I will one day yeah. when the next one comes out. But mm. there you go. Nice. Is it time? <sighs> yeah. For it's time for something big. A big discussion. Big discussion. Big discussion time. It's time for the big discussion this week, courtesy of Tyrone and Sam Lott, who both asked very similar questions. This is Tyrone's question. Hi, boys. Do the recent rumours about the PS3 store shutting down change your opinions on digital versus physical media, specifically games? Personally, for my console gaming, I'm trying to keep it as physical as possible, but everything PC is digital for me. Thanks, Tyrone. So... Thanks, Tyrone. Thank you, Tyrone, and also Sam. And Sam. It's not just the PS3 store, it's also the PSP and Vita stores as well. So yeah. last year, I think, they removed them, or perhaps uh, recently anyway, uh, they removed them from the uh, the, the web store. Mm-hmm. So previously, when you went through a web browser and, and visited the PlayStation digital store, you had access to everything, and they got rid of all the PSP, Vita, and PS3 stuff. So it's just PS4 and PS5. And now there are rumors that they're getting rid of the older stuff as well, the legacy stuff. Yeah. So what do you make of this? Well, it doesn't change my opinion on digital versus physical media because my opinion has always really been uh, if there's a game that you really like and that you you know you're going to want to keep going back to, get it on physical. Jeez, you want you want to be you want to get in there now or mm-hmm. if you don't want to get it on get it physical, get it digitally but make sure you do it while it's while it's fresh, while it's fresh out the kitchen, because if you leave it, if you sit on it and wait for a long time, thinking, "Oh well, I'll just buy that digitally one day when I'm when I'm able, when I'm free," uh, goodness knows when it will uh, either be taken off a store or its servers might be might go down after a few years. You know, they they do just they turn these servers off eventually. Yeah. Um, so it's not changed my opinion, which has always been there is a huge advantage to having a physical uh physical copy of a game um and i will always always i think go for physical versions of consoles with disk drives for as long as they are an option i think if you know the next generation comes out and they're still offering disk drives which i mean who's to say if they will be at that point uh but if they are i will probably get one i think because uh yeah i've always been a, a bit of a collector or a 
not necessarily a collector in terms of going out of my way to find find stuff, but I'm a keeper, a hoarder of my physical games. You know, I've still got a huge number of the PS1 and PS2 games that I owned from from my childhood. Um, I've got rid of a few that I just know I'll never touch again and, you know, that I've I've no interest in keeping. But there are many, many that I probably haven't actually played for a very long time, but I know that they mean something to me. And it's as much knowing that I could play it if I wanted to rather than actually playing it <laughs> that much. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got like... I'm trying to think of an example of something that I've... I've got like uh, the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man... Uh, video game adaptation on for PS2. Uh, most people preferred the second one. I can understand why for various reasons, but I, I was a big fan of the first one as well. Uh, not played that in years and years and years and years, but I've still got it, and it's one of the games I wouldn't want to get rid of because I really liked that game as a child. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about physical media, and uh, this, if anything, just kind of proves it. Um, I guess it's, like, it's in some ways it's a different it's a different argument because... This is more about the store has gone. So, I mean, people who've already purchased these things will still have access to them. So that's not quite the same point that I'm making, I suppose. Well, we uh, don't know that yet. Well, okay. I, I mean, that's what I've, I've seen speculation, at least, that like it's not going to affect people who, who own these things already. But maybe maybe it will. Is that is that an unknown? We we don't even know if this is happening. So, so no, Sony's course, not but... responded for comment yet, as it stands, which likely means that it's true. This is just a report yeah. that's come out. Um, but because of that confusion, and especially the fact that apparently they're scheduled to be switched off as soon as July, mm. is is terrible because nothing's being communicated. Nobody knows if it is true. Nobody knows what's happening or what's going to happen with their purchases and so on. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. I've, if it's if it's up in the air, then I guess it's up in the air. I've, I'm sure I read an article somewhere where the the consensus was, hopefully, people who've purchased things will still be able to play their purchased yeah, uh, fingers items. But, yeah, fingers. I mean, maybe not. Maybe that's not the case. In, in which case, that's exactly the point I'm making, I suppose. Which yeah. is get physical because no one can switch off your physicals. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll have to see how it goes and uh, whether there's a a big outcry about it as a result. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I I had the PS3 from launch, and I'm still probably one of a handful of people in the entire world that uses their PS3 every day. Yeah. So I have mine in my bedroom, and I use it to watch Netflix and stuff. Um, I also I'm currently using my Vita every day. I had a PSP at launch, and I played that a fair bit too. But I didn't have that many PSP games because that was a point in my in my youth where I was selling my games to pay for other games. So I don't have that many physical PSP games. I have a lot of physical PS3 games, mm. um, so that's good at least. But this, if this is true, this is really disappointing and, and actually quite gutting. Um, the benefit of backwards compatibility on on the Xbox is is really coming into full view now. I still uphold my point that I've made previously in that backwards compatibility just isn't that important for me personally because if it were available, I probably wouldn't use it like at all. Right. But from a game preservation standpoint, backwards compatibility is clearly very important, especially when these digital storefronts are going to be switched off. 
for game preservation, this is going to be a, a monumental loss. Mm, and yeah. as as we said, we don't know if we'll have access to previous purchases. Hopefully we will. Will all of these PS3 titles, PSP titles, PSV to, uh, PS Vita titles go on to PlayStation now? Is this the move that precedes Sony working out how backwards compatibility will work, either because of the already existing backlash or the soon-to-be-very-loud backlash if they go through with this, or because that was their plan all along and that's how they justified turning off the stores, is that, oh, you don't need them anymore because we got backwards compatibility and we're going to lump mm. them all onto the, the PS4 or the PS5 store. It's, it's probably it's probably not going to happen. No, um, and I'd love it if it did, but yeah, me too. I don't think so. Me too. I actually spent ages this week downloading lots of old stuff onto my PS3 and Vita. Mm. Um, and when I was looking through the library, I have over a thousand things Wow! in my PS3, PSB, Vita library. There's no sorting available. Uh, it's all just sort of bundled together randomly and you have to scroll through it. It's terrible. And the PlayStation 3 store in particular is horrible. The download speeds are so throttled. It takes bloody ages to download anything but mm-hmm. the the only merit i can see from this is unshackling the ps5 and ps4 stores uh, store experience from um, the legacy outlets so that they can actually work properly and sony can iterate on it and improve them and make them better without having to worry about how it's going to affect the ps3 digital store which probably very few people are using yeah um, that's true but knowing sony they probably aren't doing any of that they're just turning it off because there aren't many people using it anymore and this from a pr perspective is gonna blow up in their face mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree um yeah i mean the thought of you know you say you've got like a thousand things on there uh that you're probably quite wisely downloading now i mean as we say it might not even might not make a difference they might all just vanish but mm. uh hopefully at least if you've got them downloaded you'll be able to access them but the thought of if you'd not heard this news or if you weren't quick off the mark or for whatever reason, if you hadn't downloaded those things, that a thousand things that you have purchased mm-hmm. suddenly just go forever and you no yeah. longer have access to those. That that I mean, that's shocking. That's like a, a horrible thought um, mm-hmm. within, of course, our very privileged Western world. <laughs> Um, yeah, from a consumer rights standpoint, it's it's all relative. Yeah, it's terrible. It's really um, terrible. So, and yeah, it would it would be really nice to think that maybe this is actually only only this part of the story has come out, and really, it's because it's all going to be moved over to the new store, or oh, I don't know. I mean, I I think we differ in the if there was backwards compatibility available i would use it loads like mm. i would use it a lot um but uh oh man yeah i i'm fortunate in that i didn't have a ps3 or a vita um so this in this particular instance i'm not going to be affected whatsoever really um outside of perhaps you know maybe one day i would have i mean it's it's very much uh one of those things where you say I might do this one day and then you never do but maybe one day I would have got a PS3 just to play some old stuff that I missed um yeah. but um certainly not anymore so yeah I'm I'm personally not affected by this but the implication and you know 
knowing that this could very well one one day happen for the PS4 uh, in years to come. Um, yeah, that is upsetting to know that it is a thing and that it does happen, and this is an example of it happening. Yep. There is very good emulation software for the PSP mm. on, on PC. I used it to make the launch games video. There's no reason, especially given Sony's apparent penchant for just stealing flipping emulators off the internet and putting yeah. them in plastic boxes like they did with the PS1 Classic. There's no reason they couldn't license or reproduce with their own knowledge of making the PSP mm. some kind of emulator that could run PSP games on your PS5 or your PS4. Same thing goes for PS3. The emulation is nowhere near as good as as um, as the PSP one, but people have managed to get it working flawlessly on PC. If you have the right settings set up and you tweak you tweak it all properly, you can play through most PS3 titles in 4K. Mm-hmm. Um, it it is possible. This stuff is possible, and just to lose, to risk losing all of these games, is is terrible. And I'm not even speaking from the the perspective of my 1,000 games that I've had over you know a decade of PlayStation Plus and other things as well that I've bought and demos that I've tried and all these games that only exist on PS3. From the perspective of a lot of these games are digital only. And, yeah. you know, you will never be able to play Super Rubber Dub ever again, which is a, a, a massive loss because that's yeah. one of the best games ever made. And it could just be gone forever and no one can have it anymore. If mm. you didn't buy it and you don't have access to your download list, assuming they allow that still, you can never play Super Rubber Dub. What a waste. What a loss. They need to find a way... Well, firstly, they need to come out and talk to us about it. July is way too close for this to be happening without any prior communication. Um, Vita games are still being released, <laughs> as it stands. Not right. very often, but indie games are still released on the Vita by small companies. And they're going to turn off the store in July, potentially. God. That's mad. It is. There needs to be better communication. They need to take backwards compatibility Far more seriously now, because while it's something a lot of people want, and again, I don't think I'd really use it that much, if the alternative is storefronts being turned off and games being lost forever, then clearly it's really important. Mm-hmm. And they need to find a way <clears throat> excuse me, to make this work. They need to, because this is not good enough. If this is true, this is not good enough, and no. they need to sort it. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, let's let's hope. Let's really hope that yeah. this is actually just just the bad part of this story has come out, and really, it's it's they've got future plans. But um, hopefully, who's to say? Hopefully, the Wii store was shut off uh, famously a while ago. Mm-hmm. There's that video of that guy in there listening to the Wii Shop music for the last yeah. time as the servers go off. But they gave people advance warning, and they let people. Um, keep their downloads and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you can still view your downloads and things like that. As it stands, we know nothing about this and it's not looking good. So, yeah, hopefully. Mm. Hopefully things work out. I don't, Knowing Sony, I don't think they will, though. So, hooray. Yeah. <laughs> hooray. Wonderful. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Uh, it's been wonderful. Um... <laughs> it has. It's, we've had a lovely day. I hope you've enjoyed it, too. Yeah, thanks to everyone who asked questions. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you want to get in touch with us or interact with us in any way, Peter's going to tell you where and how. I am. 
We're at Team Triple Jump over on youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash Team Triple Jump. It's where we stream and also, of course, where we put videos on YouTube. Uh, if you've got Amazon Prime, you get a sub with that, a Twitch sub. It's all bundled in. It won't cost you anything extra. So you could do that and we'll benefit from it. And so will you. And Amazon are winners too. Everyone's a winner. We've got social media, twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Uh, Luke Eldon looks after Facebook. Thank you, Luke. Our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Lots of different tiers on there. You should check them all out. Um, But of course, you can ask questions here on this podcast um, for just $1 a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a Discord which you can get to via bit.ly forward slash team triple jump that's modded by Jack and Joe thank you Jack and Joe the podcast if you're watching on YouTube is available in, aud- available in audio <laughs> form at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump the website is triplejur.mup if you go to triplejur.mup that's ju.mp forward slash vods it'll redirect you to our vods youtube channel where uh, pat puts together weekly highlights videos and we put all of our vods on there um, but don't go to the old shop link go to the new one that's triplejumpshop.com where we've got our latest merch and uh, you can follow at Triple Jump Shop on Twitter for all the updates on when new drops are coming. I'm sure it can't be long now. We've been talking about what we might include. So uh, yeah. keep your eyes peeled. Absolutely. You can follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday streams every Monday, Thursday and Friday. Thursday being the joint stream plays it on YouTube. Monday and Friday being the solo streams on Twitch. Worst games ever is fortnightly Friday for patrons of a certain tier Sunday for everyone else. Podcast is every Saturday and we do shows one every other week or thereabouts. Why not leave a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Mm. This week, Peter, Yeah, we've got a What It Means to Me with our yeah. very own James Jenkins talking about Morrowind. Absolutely. Go check that out. There's also a big old list out tomorrow. Yes, that's absolutely right. We're doing every single Resident Evil video game ranked from worst to best. Whoa. There are a fair few of those, boys and girls. And uh, oh. what... Do- what do you think will be number one? Keeping in Ooh. mind that the uh, the recent remakes are separate entries to the originals. So yes. uh, place your bets and uh, go check it out. Absolutely. And it was uh, ranked and put together by Philip, it our was. very own Philip Reed, who literally wrote the book yeah. on Resident Evil. So he knows his stuff. That's the thing. Philip is does an excellent job on all of our ranked lists and seems to have an encyclopedic knowledge slash research skill Mm. uh, for everything. But when it comes to Resident Evil, if he doesn't know it, it's not worth knowing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a final big, very big, 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 very Mm. big thank you to everyone who donated and supported our streams last week. Uh, We were raising money for Solace Women's Aid. We managed to raise... Three thousand two hundred and seventy-six pounds and fifty-three pence, which is absolutely bonkers. And it is. You're all very generous, and thank you so much. If you still haven't given, I believe you can by going to triplejump. That's triplejud.mup forward slash s w a, or you know, just by going directly to the charity and supporting them that way as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, so no, thank we're... you again. 
bowled over by your generosity and enthusiasm as always so mm. uh, you've done us proud as always clan. thank you thank you everyone mm. now just time for today's sponsor once again before we disappear yeah it is disco's elysium the crisp sponsored afterlife you know the concept of the afterlife that developed over time and was maintained by some greek religious and philosophical sects and cults married mm. with disco's crisps the tasty Perfect circles, famous for their punchy, tangy flavors. Oh, yum yum! Find a golden ticket now. Go to the uh, Crisper Life. There's got to be a better, better word than that. Um, snark. No, no. I was trying to do snark, snark, snark. The life. Yes, that'll do. Will it? Will it really? Yep. Okay. That'll do. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.